Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome to October 21st. It's Tim and Julie Harris. This is Real Estate Coaching Radio. This is the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. We want to thank you for um, making that true. And we do have fun occasionally looking at the podcast charts. We look at our numbers and we are number one, number two, number three and education in certain countries, most of which we've heard of the countries. And some of them we haven't. Right. So all of you across the country and across the world, we want to thank you sincerely for continuous, continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals. Now, why am I really laying into showing gratitude? Because it's called having good manners. Yes, it is. In fact, that's our topic du jour, probably for the <laughs> next couple of days it's going to take to talk about all these manners. Yes, so this is obviously a Julie topic. Longtime listeners, you guys can tell by what the topic is, whether it's something that Julie conceived of or if I conceived of. And this is clearly a Julie topic, but I think all of you guys will appreciate that. So Julie, when you told me you were going to have us present on manners, I wasn't quite sure if you were serious or not. So what inspired you to decide to focus on manners and just what's the backstory behind this topic? Well, quite a few actually, both from personal business coaching clients, other things. Um, And so, for example, we're not quite in post-COVID yet, but the lockdown, quarantine, homeschool, and Zoom world has messed with everybody's manners. This is clear. In fact, there's a lot of reports about this lately. And people don't know what's appropriate anymore. Coaching clients have struggled with the following topics. Handshake, fist bump, or hug. What do you do? Open house etiquette, in-person or Zoom listing presentations, vaccine questions. Should you ask or shouldn't you? Is it taboo or isn't it? To mask or not to mask. All of these things are hot topics. And then in addition to that, I had a conversation with some teachers at school and they're like, you know, parents don't know how to behave anymore. A whole 15 months off from, quote, real school. And they'll do things like accuse each other's kids without having backstories. And like, nope, nobody's really on good behavior right now. And maybe that's because people have spent too much time in lockdown quarantine and freaking out and watching the news and all this stuff. Well, I've also noticed, um, you know, just in life was you and I've traveled and obviously in our own community that a lot of people, the normal pattern to conversing with someone you're getting to know mm-hmm. is absolutely never and should be never leading with politics. No, I mean, for example, that's universally true, yes. That's, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, you and I aren't so old that we know that that's kind of bad manners to yeah. sort of put somebody on their heels and be assumptive sure. that they necessarily think that they, you know, that you're on the same side of the, you know, conversation mm-hmm. as you guys get the point. And some of these topics uh, or some of these things that you see people having normalized it's because they themselves have, I think you're saying bad manners, and I think that's probably true. Yeah. And it's been normalized because we're often uh, caught in these echo chambers mm-hmm. where everyone else around us has similar sure. um, you know, notions about politics mm-hmm. or about this stance on this social thing or this that and social thing. And confirmation bias. Right. Too much media, stuff like that. Exactly. And so you guys wonder sometimes why you don't click with somebody right away or why it is, feels like your world is getting smaller and smaller, well, you know, manners do tie into the fact that, and this is in our book, and you should definitely think about this, be Republicrats. 
or yeah. just completely be neutral. Avoid topics that are going to be, um, you know, any in any way controversial because as a real estate professional, that is not your job. It'd be similar. We use this as an example because I think it makes a great example. You go to the doctor to, you know, Julia was just having a crown filled, right? Yes. Or a crown replaced in her teeth. And well, I mean, that's where else you generally have crowns or places in your teeth. Well, no, of Not course, head, it, it could have been an actual crown, I suppose. You were, it was time for you to get your new crown. Exactly. Well, so you're, you know, and uh, had she walked in there and the doctor was heading her up on whatever he just watched on MSNBC or Fox. I would have been like, WTF, what is this? Exactly. I'm trying to get my tooth fixed. And yet in real estate, uh, in the real estate realms, because what you guys aren't realizing is like, for example, that conversation with the dentist was what's I guess would be classically uh, termed as a business to consumer conversation, mm -hmm. a B2C conversation. And what you guys are used to having is C to C conversations, consumer to consumer conversations. In other words, your friends, right? And you're not thinking that of yourself as a business person and business people are who are dealing directly with consumers, dealing directly with the public. That's a B to C conversation where you're supposed to essentially not cross the threshold of talking about things. Um, not have the bad manners of talking about things that might be even slightly controversial or offensive to the other person. Not to mention irrelevant to what you're trying to do. Right? Yeah. This is also where agents get themselves in trouble by treating clients like, like they're, you know, not clients, like we're just buddies and being very assumptive, right? And, and kind of entitled in a way. Whenever you guys get really pissy about lo losing your client, it's, it's usually related to something that we'll be covering over these next couple of podcasts. Speak a little bit louder. Okay, sorry. Julie, Julie's I have a, I'm recovering from my sore throat here. So yeah, so, so here's how it works in our family. Zoe gets something. She gives it oh to one gosh. of us, and then we give it to the other person. And, and we then have, I get it the worst. And it, it's, yeah, Julie usually gets it the worst. So Julie was, you know, they discovered she has strep throat yesterday, so now she's on medicine. Okay. So You know what? I survived three weeks this time without getting it, but yeah. then it hit me. Well, so. well, I wonder what Zoe's going to bring home for us today. I know. Unfortunately, tomorrow's off from school. So some like, other form of Caribbean plague. <laughs> seriously. Uh, so, and I know those of you who have kids understand. Well, so with a lot of research, we've compiled some new etiquette plus some old standbys, which people have gotten away from, which should uh, help you lead by example as well as feel more comfortable with what's appropriate and what's not. So if you're looking for a theme here, it's good to keep Emily Post's principles of etiquette in mind as your North Star. She said, consideration, respect, and honesty. You know what, Julie? I was just thinking this is a perfect time of year to have presented this content because this is the time of year when people start to, uh, you know, in many parts of the country, like where we're from, mm -hmm. they're not necessarily spending as much time in their business. Right. And they start spending too much time on things like maybe watching the news. Yeah. But they're also going to be surrounded by family members, some of which are not going to have the same perspectives. Sure. And they're not going to necessarily follow Julie Harris and Emily Post's principles. Or holiday parties. Exactly. Or fill in the blank, all of these things. So I really, I think I have like 30 or 40 points here. So warning, we'll go through these relatively quickly. And most of these, hopefully... You know, you'll go, oh, yeah, 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 I do that, or gosh, I've gotten away from that. I did that. I did that, yep. or gosh, I, can't, I went to a party and nobody did that, right? So uh, let's start with the handshake. This is something everybody's dealing with right now. Uh, the handshake has been around for centuries. A widely held belief is that it originated to prove to somebody that a person was offering peace and not holding a hidden weapon. But hands can be germy. Diane Gotsman, a national etiquette expert and author of Modern Etiquette for Better Life, I recommend, uh, d also doesn't think the handshake will be a casualty of the pandemic, but said to take it slowly. 
Don't be the first to extend your hand, even if you're comfortable, instructed Gotsman, who lives in San Antonio. Watch the other person and allow them to extend their greeting first. So when in doubt, you know, something's going to happen. Don't make it so awkward that you're waiting for each other. But when in doubt, use the fist bump because it's half handshake but not a hug. And But read the other person's body language or just ask what they're comfortable with. We've been in situations where you're like, are we fist bumping? What are we doing? Right? It's okay to ask. But don't assume the hug. Because well, you, know, you might creep people out. But here's the other thing I've noticed is a lot of people have given up on all forms of yes. initial contact. Yeah. No handshake, no fist bump, no hug. No, They're no, just no. keeping this sort of bizarre distance from each other. It's awkward, And though. people are shouting. Yeah. You know, the, these are just the types of things. And again, we talked about this mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Well, mm-hmm. during the when lockdown was going on yeah. in a lot of the country, certainly here, mm-hmm. is we were talking about the fact that there was going to be the long-term uh, psychological. Social. And yeah. effects that came mm-hmm. from this. And, you know, we use the example of people that lived through the Great Depression. You know, Julie's grandma. I remember when we were helping her grandparents move out of their house that they lived in forever. Her grandma had been storing like piles and piles of rubber bands and glass jars and newspaper. And you could just now why did she do that? She wasn't ever going to do anything with that. It's because during the Great Depression, those types of things weren't in existence. You couldn't get glass jars or rubber bands. And so the point is that in this case, toilet paper, right? Right, right. Exactly. How many of you are stockpiling toilet paper subconsciously? So this uh, pandemic and the lockdowns and, and, you know, it's continuing, obviously, in a lot of ways in different and varying degrees is changing people's behavior, not just for Julie's grandparents, because that behavior then was passed to Julie's mom, who is obviously the you know child of those folks. And then Julie also has a tendency to uh, hoard a little bit, not in a problematic way. She's giving me a really snarly look right now. <laughs> but it's talk about your car collection. But anyway, but it's still true. <laughs> well, sure. These things live on is the point. Yeah. And so this is our attempt to bring some civility back to the world before it gets out of control. <laughs> so some of these may sound familiar, like number two, say please, thank you, and you're welcome. Send thank you cards, not just a crappy email or text. Post on social media where appropriate for thank yous. Now, that point came directly from our doctor who saved somebody's butt the other day and felt like, you know, he went above and beyond and didn't feel like anybody cared. Show, it wasn't sh- showing public recognition is a very powerful it's thing. Huge. But, you know, there's a counterpunch to that. Mm-hmm. Don't bitch online. Bitching exactly. online is, is classless. It's classless, but that stuff follows you forever yeah and you know if you have a real issue with somebody have a discussion because you know what the next point is communicate actually communicate if something went sideways you might not even be right about what it was in your perception until you talk about it so communicate remember that lack of communication is the number one complaint of recently closed real estate clients use full sentences when when you when you communicate a quick reminder if you have not completed your 2022 business plan we've got you covered we're going to give you our uh, real estate treasure map, which normally costs 20 bucks. All you've got to do is text the word Harris to 47372. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 47372. Go ahead and do that now. If you've not got your treasure map um, and you have, you know, you know you have to have a treasure map and that's just your fill-in-the-blank business and life plan, go ahead and text the word Harris to 47372. And when you, de- when you do, we'll text you back a link and you can download the treasure map. It's not a, you know, wimpy business plan that you're just going to spend five minutes on. This is something that's designed to put you into action, to think, to complete with your family, complete with your partner. This is something that's supposed to be an all-encompassing business and life plan, and it's fill in the blank. We've made it easy for you. So just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 47372, and go ahead and do that now. 
Yes. So point number three was communicate. And one of the things I had in mind here is when you're dealing with your real estate clients and prospects, if they haven't heard from you or they've only had cryptic texts from you, do you think they typically go, I think they all can answer this, do they typically go negative or do they go <laughs> positive? Do they think, oh, you must be taking care of me or, oh, you're ignoring me. I must have said something wrong. People fill in the blank generally with negative thoughts when there is lack of communication. So not just communicating, but please use full sentences and don't expect that everybody understands every emoji that you shoot off into your text. Okay, point number four, also very relevant to real estate professionals. Julie, I, I think your, your second point is so valid. In a world where everyone does everything uh, in two seconds and everything's digital, what, done with emojis, that is not communication. I don't even know what that is. I mean, when did, hum, when did adult humans start using smiley faces and frowny faces to express themselves? Well, this it's is so, why people can't put a sentence together anymore. Well, exactly. It, it, exactly. And it's so it's bizarre to me um, how that has become something that, uh, you know, adult humans have normalized is their willingness to give up to their ability to have real communication with other adult humans um, and replacing with a smiley face or a frowny face. It does, it's asinine. I hope you guys see it for what it is. This time of year, really any time of year, what a great time to actually start writing handwritten notes to people showing how much you appreciate them. That stuff, people do not throw out. They keep it forever. It is incredibly powerful. Show gratuitous praise to people. If you've done business with somebody and you and it was a great experience, do it for Julie and I. I mean, hell, we appreciate it too. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. Give us a great review on Google My Business. Show overt praise for other people because what that does is it puts you in a mental and emotional state of essentially being ego-free. You feel better about yourself when you're showing appreciation for somebody else. And if you want more appreciation and recognition in your life, the first thing to do is start showing more appreciation and recognition to other people, and then you'll attract it back to you, usually five or six fold. That's right. Give what you intend to get back. So point number four, show up on time. On time is late, early is on time. And if you're late, you lose. This is not just with real estate appointments, though that's very obvious. I, I'll never forget some of the appointments that you and I went on. And, you know, we, we always tried to practice this and leave early and try and calculate your traffic time and all that stuff and not, not park in their driveway, you know, get there early. But I'll never forget. I don't know if you remember these. Where you, By the way, everything she just said is part of our pre-listing routine. It's part of our coaching program. Yes. It's a checklist of every single thing you should do leading up to the listing appointment. All the way, all the little minute details that if you may miss any of these little details, Julie said parking in their driveway. Let's say you get there before the other spouse makes it home and then you block them out of being able to park in their driveway and now they have to trudge through the snow to get to their front door. And now they're pissed at you. And now they're pissed at you and you don't even know why. Now they know they have to go back out later to move their car so that you can leave. Don't park in their driveway. Those little tiny details make an enormous difference. Like showing up on time. You remember we went to an appointment once together, and fortunately, we were about five minutes early, and the first thing the seller did is he got out his legal pad, mm, and he had each I agent do. name written down, and exactly what time, like, everybody had a five o'clock appointment a few days in a row, Yep. and it would be like, Bob Smith, 517, frowny face, or what, you know, crossed out. 
And I thought at that moment, I thought, gosh, you know, it's a good thing we showed up on time because this was a thing for him. Well, it but, was. But don't just rely on the random person where it matters. Just make this your normal practice. That's called being respectful. It's also, it's all the things we talk about in our book and our coaching program. It's how you dress. It's how you greet them when the door opens. That's later. It's, okay, I'm sorry for stepping <laughs> on okay. your points. But all these little things are called good manners. And people will appreciate it more than you can possibly imagine. That's right. And sometimes they wouldn't even say, you know, I didn't, I didn't really hit it off with them. And it, maybe it started with you being late. You know, right. they wouldn't necessarily say it's because you didn't show up on time. They just didn't feel you, you know. So show up on time. Number five, tip service providers well. Leave your card with a thanks and a good tip. Sometimes a really good tip is if you're typically um, doing 15%, do 15% plus a dollar. People, especially in the service industry, definitely pay attention to what that. What Julie and I have done, and we've done this, I mean, as long as we could afford it, frankly, and that's been like we are maybe not able to afford it for, you know, we've been married for 30 years. Maybe for the first three years of our marriage, we didn't do this. Mm -hmm. But when we have a really good experience, we'll double whatever the bill is. If the bill's 25 bucks, we'll give a $25 tip. And, and, we, and we, when we sold real estate, we'd always leave our business card and we'd say, thank you, excellent job. We got so many stinking referrals directly yes. and indirectly from that over the generations that you guys cannot, you know, over the decades, you guys would not believe it. And it, it really is does come back to you. People will, abs <laughs> we just did that recently. Julie mm -hmm. and I went out to celebrate. It was our anniversary or something. Yeah. And the bill was huge. It was. It was. It was huge. We had, But it was a fantastic meal. It was. And I, had, I didn't feel like, it, I felt like we got overwhelming value even though the bill was huge. Right. But we ended up giving this waiter a several hundred dollar tip. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, the bill was Jordan. huge. Right. Jordan. And, and he was beside himself. Yes. And he told everybody else in the restaurant. He was, and we didn't do it to show off or act like we're Mr. and Mrs. Moneybags. We did it because we were celebrating. He had done a great job. He'd made the evening even he more special. And, yeah. and the whole thing. And now if we sold real estate and we'd done that, and if we'd sold real estate and we'd done that, don't you think that he would have been then feeling like almost obligated to uh, send referrals to us had he stumbled across other people? Of course. Of course. Yes, and you know that extra $10 or $20 means a lot more to that person probably than it does to you. It's not really taking any skin off your back. So good manners, tip service providers well. And if they didn't do a great job, you know, talk to them. Don't go posting online. Yeah, never, guys, look, that's go. do not post negative crap online because you do not know how that stuff is going to be searched when someone's researching you. And if a prospective seller is searching you and they see you complaining about a local restaurant that they happen to know the owner or like the restaurant and you're complaining about your extra mushy mashed potatoes. Yeah, their or, server was their kid. Exactly. You, know? you have just burned that relationship with a person. Do not ever complain is the takeaway. It's not worth it. Okay. So number six, this one is life changing for many of our coaching clients. One of them said, I, I wrote answer the phone. She would say answer the damn phone was what impacted her. Uh, unless you're with a client or at a performance where your phone should be off, like a movie or a concert or whatever, um, answer the phone. I've had agents tell me that when they stopped sending everybody to voicemail and forgetting half the time or their voicemail's full or they didn't get around to it or they called back too late, they just answered the phone, that their business went up 20 or 30% a year by just answering the phone. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have an elaborate conversation or answer their questions on the spot. You can say, you know what, I'm on my way to an appointment, I'll well, be what, there in 10 minutes. So let's talk about that. Why yeah. don't they answer the phone? Because they can't, there's that. Well, but the real, the real reason you guys don't answer the phone is because you don't know what to say to have an efficient, polite conversation. That's the problem. 
because you are not you have not yet accepted or realized that you are in the business to consumer business and as such you need to know what to say how to say it ask them the questions in the correct order so that they do not perceive that they had a bad experience with you so they do they perceive that you are caring and competent and just like showing up on time I can remember countless listings that mm-hmm. we took. Julie and I focus on listings in our when we sold real estate. We focus yep. on listings in our coaching business. But I can remember countless listings mm-hmm. because we answered the damn phone. They'll actually say that to you. Right. You were the only one that answered your phone. You can tell people are shocked because they'll be like, am I talking to a well, real person? Okay, so using your example, how many times did we go on listing appointments where it was between us and another agent? And the other agent was you know, very productive, very successful. Sure, competent. And then we would frankly ask them, so what was your experience when you called them originally? Did they call you right back? Did they answer the phone? Yeah. How long did it take for them to you know, call you back for something incredibly important, which is helping you sell your house? Mm-hmm. We did not do that very often, but we did it often enough, especially with a couple of our main rivals, because we knew that they were notorious for not answering their phone, not returning calls, having assistants call back the next right. day, and then scheduling a list of appointment a week out. And then we'd yeah. simply say, well, how can you imagine how they're going to treat your prospective buyers that are calling about your house? I mean, you know. That's right, and, and a couple of them that, you know, we're super busy, big teams. We could say, did they even call you back themselves? Right, exactly. You know, so. and, and did they send a pre-listing pack? Did they actually show up on time? <laughs> you know, simple manners. Right. All right. So next point, Mrs. Harris. Okay. So answer the phone. And, and I, I wanted to say, even if you're not going to answer all their questions, answer the phone and say, you know, I'm on, a way, on the way to an appointment. Let me call you back at six o'clock. What's the best way to reach you? It's better than sending them to voicemail. Okay, point number seven, call people back as soon as possible. Even if it means you're telling them you'll call them later in the day or the evening, resist texting all the time for everything. Point number eight, when in Rome, as the pro- ask, that should say, ask the prospect what they're most comfortable with in person or Zoom, just ask, especially with listing appointments and things of that nature. This has been a hot topic lately. As, you know, there's different degrees of comfort in different parts of the country and even in different neighborhoods and price ranges and all the rest. So, we, and, and I would say, especially with older people, you want to make sure that you're asking. So I'm going to take a half step back. Mm-hmm. The reason that we're asking you guys to consider answering the phone and having conversations, I value texting. I text all the time. So does Julie. But the reason that we're asking you to avoid texting, not, not do it, but just put it as a second tier option in communication and in first tier is obviously actually speaking with them and answering the phone. It's because everybody else is texting. And if you want to differentiate yourself, it's not your, how famous you've made yourself, your fancy brand or your, you know, TikTok videos. It's answering the phone. It's being the person mm-hmm. that's actually going to be there when they have a real estate need. That in itself, if you're a brand new agent, you're looking for inspiration and motivation, how you can compete with the big dogs in town. We just told you. Yes. A lot of this stuff is simple and powerful, but you've got to do it. So uh, we were talking about ask people what they're comfortable with in person or Zoom. You defer to what they're comfortable with, not what you're comfortable with. Number nine, say it. Don't spray it. Stay at home if you're sick. Keep your kid at home if they're sick. Don't make awkward situations because you're coughing, you're sneezing. You're, you know, people have become, if you weren't a germaphobe before COVID. Everybody is. Everybody is now. Okay, point number 10, confirm all of your appointments. This is the polite and professional thing to do. That's easy. Maybe you're the only one of three appointments that bothered to confirm. You know, that's a competitive advantage. Number 11, apologize when you screw up. Own it. Admit the problem and why it hurts someone, even if maybe you don't agree with it. Promise not to do it again. And then create new energy with new commitment to excellence for yourself and your clients. 
So admit to it, but don't hover on it. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay, point number 12. Double refer, and I'll say what that means in a second, and take good care of your best contacts. We're talking about lenders, inspectors, service providers, other agents. When you double refer, let's say I'm, I'm referring a client to you and I give them your phone number, I'm also going to call you and give you the client's phone number. Sure. That way I'm closing the loop and making it more likely for the relationship to happen. I had that happen today, actually. I had somebody, um, two, uh, uh, one person who was offering this particular service, another person I noticed needed this particular service. I just put them together and then I notified each of them separately that I was mm -hmm. connecting them. Mm -hmm. And I had, there was no, nothing in it for me. There was no hidden agenda. Yes. I was just trying to help two friends. Manners. And, but again, if we sold real estate, that sure. would have been something that would immediately put uh, them or put us on the, on the radar of people that they'll choose to do business with when it comes mm -hmm. time for them yes. to hire a real estate agent. It's a professional thing to do. Okay. So number 13, bust people in companies who suck, but do it professionally and ethically. Okay, this is, you know, this is a kind of a delicate thing because how you define that, how somebody screws up. I'm thinking, you know, in terms of ethics or truly doing something uh, wrong or unethical in a transaction. And that's something that I remember Rory told us. We would occasionally come, you know, should we turn this person into the division? Rory is our first broker. Sorry. Yeah. And, and he'd be like, if you don't, you're condoning it. Yep. He did say that. And that was, he was right. And yeah. so. It didn't I happen mean, very often, but when it does, you know, you want to be responsible. About but it. did we ever, honestly, do you remember any time when we actually had someone that we turned into the state division of real estate or anything like I that? We never did. I don't think so. I think there were some questions that we had in situations, but. I, I, that stuck with me, though, is that, you know, if it really is an ethical or legal situation, if you don't say something, you kind of are. But the, the reality of it is, is we very, very, very rarely, rarely ran across anybody yeah. that was, um, that merited yeah. any People kind are of... mostly pretty good about it. Yep. I'll okay. tell you, I'll tell you where you have your problems, though, as consumers. <laughs> That's true, too. Yeah, you don't have your problems, generally speaking, with other real estate folks. You have your problems with the consumers. They're the ones with bad manners. They're the ones yeah. that don't know how to behave. This is Especially true. with all the stress that's out there. And, that's very true. You know, that's where the manners. You maybe well, you should copy these points, listeners, and you should give them to your prospective clients and make tell them, them sign off, on and it. then tell them Julie's twenty-one points are basically, you know, these are what you should be following if you expect to do business with you. Which, by the way, speaking of doing business, a lot of you are either on your pathway to joining EXP or you're actually looking for an EXP sponsor. Julie Harris and myself would like to formally apply for the job of being your sponsor at EXP Realty. When you are have when you're sponsored, you like our podcast, you read our books, you may be a coaching client. You're, this is the time of year when a lot of you are thinking about how you can make a real proactive, positive movement forward in your business next year. Obviously, choosing a different broker, which by the way is a topic I sent to yes, you. Yes, I got it. Choose, you know, is it time for you to leave your broker? Is it time to upgrade your broker? These are the types of things that people think about this time of year. Many of you are considering EXP Realty. Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your sponsor at EXP. This is assuming, of course, you've not already committed to somebody, but if you haven't and you're choosing your sponsor at EXP Realty, please do text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206, and we will have a conversation. You'll either talk with Julie or myself. We take the sponsorship opportunities at eXp very seriously. So if you're ready to join eXp, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. If, however, you're just on the pathway to learn more about eXp, we made that easy for you as well. Um, you can just, on your own uh, time frame, just text the letters EXP to 47372. Text the letters EXP to 47372. And we'll text you back uh, a website 
and a whole bunch of videos and other content where you can get your research done that way. Perfect time of year to be doing this. Perfect time of year to be switching over your broker. Generally speaking, and I found this after having hundreds of conversations with you guys, eXp is a no-brainer. It doesn't matter where you sell, what your price range is. You're going to find that the advantages of being with eXp Realty far outweigh where you are now. And that's just, you know, it's the evolution of the real estate industry. And there it is. So if well, you're interested there's a in... reason that it's the fastest growing real estate company, I think, in the world now, isn't it? Yeah, over 67,000 agents it's now. Incredible. And, and no, it's, it is incredible. Yes. So point... uh, almost oh. a thousand agents joined like last week yes. in a week. In a week. Incredible. Okay. Point number 14, let people go in front of you in line or in traffic. Simple manners. If you have 90 things in your grocery cart and the old lady behind you is buying a gallon of milk, let her go in front of you. People, I've seen people stand there and like, you know, there's people behind them that are buying one thing. So, you know, simple manners. It doesn't take anything away from but you. But that we've done, we, I mean, you know, we don't go to, we have somebody that uh, helps us. I was going to say works for us, but truthfully, she helps us. She saves yeah. our bacon and she'll time. go to the grocery store for us. Yeah. But when we would go to the grocery store back in Texas, we'd always do always. that. And furthermore, you and I bought people's groceries more than once. Yes, absolutely. We're, we'd been in line and you can see somebody's trying to figure out how to put the pennies and the nickels together to buy their groceries. And, and they're I, like $5 away, so you, you give them the $5. You know what's funny, too, is I can remember us doing that multiple times mm -hmm. just in, like right before we moved around Christmas. Mm -hmm. or you know, And I remember having the uh, emotional experience of – and I actually didn't want to be there. I wanted just to pay for their groceries get out of there. and get the hell out of there because yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be around for them feeling obligated and, right. and so whatnot. You don't want to make them uncomfortable. You want to do it in – bail yeah you know? exactly and so that's i mean maybe that's not the best way to do it because maybe yeah. we're being rude and not allowing them to say thank you but yeah. i didn't do it to say thank you no, i did i for to the help bank. them out right and another good idea and we used to there's no toys or us here in puerto rico is there you just read my mind oh i don't, I don't think there is but we can find an equivalent well the other thing that we this is a great idea I for you guys to do doing what you're talking about yep this is what we do every year julie and i would go we did this for i don't even know how long we'd go to the local toys or us but we would choose a toys or us truthfully that was going to be in an area where probably where people were more economically challenged. We walk into the Toys R Us, we go up to the service counter, we'd ask for um, like layaways, and we'd find out. We would Julie and I would decide ahead of time we're going to pay off five thousand dollars for the layaways, or a thousand dollars, or five hundred. It just depends where we were. In these, our life. these were people's toy lists for their kids, and I'll never forget. You know. You think of layaway. Well, why do you do layaway? Well, it must be, you know, 500 bucks. You're going to pay it off over time. No, some of these layaways were like $30. And some of the layaways had been layaway for a long damn time. Yeah. And people have been paying like $2 a yes. month for the layaway in anticipation of the kids' uh, presence. Exactly. It was amazing. And, and we'd pay those off. and the, Anonymously. Anonymously. We didn't ask for recognition. That's not how we roll. And I remember the, do you remember that was, it was in Georgetown, I think it was mm -hmm. in Austin. We did exactly what we're talking about. We took Zoe with us. She was mm -hmm. barely, she probably wouldn't remember. She was yeah. probably too young. And we walked up and we, it was a significant amount of money. Yeah. And the layaway lady, we kept her busy for like two hours. Yeah, a couple hours. And, and she was, um, and we told her that we don't want, it was specific. We were specific. Mm -hmm. We wanted her to pay off the layaways using our money for the gifts that were prom or for littler kids mostly mostly toys and things yeah like mostly that. Not, not like big screen tvs for a teenager right. or something that, yeah. those were just you know our feelings um but and, you know there's a lot of um there's a lot of stories about you know paying for the person behind you in the starbucks checkout lot you know the car line 
And I think there's like some records. Once somebody starts it, the next person pays yeah, the person behind. Of it. And I think the record is like 200 cars deep or something. Do you remember? It was kind of fun. Do you remember we were going to, and this was in Austin. It was mm. some freaking South by Southwest, huge human palooza type thing yeah. where there's like 16 trillion people. Obviously pre-COVID. And, and there, was, there was somebody who let us in to a mm. parking lot, this big, mm. huge field parking lot. And I think I'd been trying to get in. This guy let me in. We got in before him and we paid for his parking. Yeah. And this parking lot was flipping massive. Yes. And we parked like way the hell out in the corner because mm-hmm. I like to park where nobody else is parked. Yep. And that guy waited for us mm-hmm. to come around and walk out the one way in, one way out in yep. this huge field parking lot to thank us. I know. It, you know, it doesn't take much to make somebody's day. And it was like 20 bucks. I know. It's amazing how yeah. far it goes. Okay, maybe one or two more points, and then we will turn this into a two-part show. Okay, so point number 15 is easy. Bust your own dishes at casual restaurants. Don't leave a mess. That person is already working their tail off. And I would say especially now where a lot of restaurants are short-staffed and you've got one person that's, like, cleaning the tables and they're also making the coffee – so bust your own tables when it's appropriate. And that's a huge problem. We were driving around the country. You guys followed us with our U.S. tour that we did mm-hmm. over, what was it, July and August, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we would go to, there were no restaurants that were fully staffed. And every single one of them, especially in the small towns, the little signs that saying, you just, you know, suck it up, buttercup. We're just going to be slow. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. We appreciate your patience. We're doing the patience. best we can. And, you know, why is there, you know, all these restaurants that can't find their normal hourly employees? Probably has something to do with the fact they're being paid to stay at home. But I'm not being political. I go there. But the, <laughs> but the moral of the story is in those situations where you're like, you know, it's easy to be frustrated, especially when you're hungry. But the, if you're going to a place on a regular basis, Julie always brings up Starbucks because everybody knows what that is. Mm-hmm. But even your little local restaurant and whatnot, bust your own damn dishes. Don't just leave the, oh, you just spent your $7 at wherever it was that you're you normally go. You're going to leave a mess. And you're going to leave a mess. Clean up your shit and take it up and actually put your dishes in the bin where the, the bus person would normally put the dishes. That makes a huge difference. And if you go back there on a regular basis, you don't think those people are going to remember you. Of course, of course they are. They they're not just going to remember you. They're going to adore you. They're not just going to adore you. They're going to know your name, what you do, and they're going to start, guess what, sending you referrals. And, and you, even, yeah. even if they never do, it's the right thing to do. It's manners. The, it's manners. Yes. And, you know, you're also setting an example for everybody else sitting at the restaurant that they're not going to torture that person with their messes, too. Well, you know, I'll so, tell you another thing. Having yeah. uh, worked at a restaurant when I was in high school mm-hmm. and having been a busboy, yeah. um, the, from that perspective of mm-hmm. basically being the cleanup crew, yep. the number of people, uh, the people that would look at you when they spoke to you mm-hmm. versus would just speak to you like you were just something in the air that was annoying yeah. them like a fly. Right. You know, um, that was huge. So when some when you're at a restaurant, when somebody puts something down for you or picks something up, always look at them and say thank you. Yes. That makes such a big difference to the person that's actually working there because you acknowledge them. You just, for no effort on your part, gave them a tiny, tiny little spark of recognition. They remember, you could have just made their day. You could have just changed the entire trajectory of their lives. Yeah, the table before you probably maybe didn't treat them so well. And they're already working a fairly low-wage job, and they probably feel like they're in a thankless situation, and then you're kind to them. Yep. And you turned it around. Okay, so one more and then we need to wrap. All right, point number 16. This is especially for listing appointments and sometimes showing appointments. Take your shoes off if it's a no-shoes house. Take a look at their feet. If they have at their front door all of their shoes lined up in a neat row and they have white carpet or sparkling, you know. Or hardwood, doesn't matter. Or hardwood or whatever, be respectful. The fastest way to lose a listing appointment is to dirty up their house. Okay, let's give you an enhancement on that point. Again, basic stuff. 
so you're now on the buyer side. You bring somebody through a house everywhere. And oh, by the way, there was a report that came out today. Mm -hmm. This is the hottest year ever for home sales. Ever. Ever. That's amazing. Like since people That's moved awesome. out of freaking caves and you know grass huts. Yeah. Well, so listeners, you have no excuse but to okay. be okay. exceeding your goals. So uh, you walk into a house with a buyer. There's ten other buyers that came through before you. Ten other that will come after. Mm -hmm. The per the seller most certainly is watching you through their oh, yes. ring cams. This is a, a key point. They're watching you as you walk through the house. They're not just watching you. They're listening to you. Uh -huh. So we just put one of those ring cams in the front of our house. And yes, and I was waiting for Zoe to get home. And I was basically in the house on my cell phone. And then as soon as she walked up to the front door and Julie had just brought her home from school, I started making monster noises. And it was hilarious, hilarious. watching her trying to figure out what the, what that was. And all of a sudden I heard, Dada! But she but, now thinks that you're magic and you can see her anywhere. Right. But she didn't know the ring doorbell had the That's ability hilarious. to be seen and, and obviously have the voice carried. But back to real estate. Yes. So as you're walking around somebody's house, if you say anything bad, they're listening and they're watching you. Mm -hmm. If you walk into their house and you should tell your clients – to keep their mouths shut and say nothing other than nice, respectful things. And when you walk into their house and you take your shoes off and if nobody else took their shoes off, even if there was no sign saying, take your damn shoes off, do it. Because when that seller got their 10 offers and they remember you were the person that took the shoes off, you were the ones that were not walking through the house and Being acting like a, you know, like a slob. Yeah. They're going to take your offer, assuming all the other terms and conditions make sense. But I'll go as far as to say, Oftentimes, believe it or not, a seller will take an offer from somebody for reasons other than the highest price. Yes. And this could just very well be the little, you know, the little thing that made it so your offer was the one that was accepted over the other one because you were respectful and you had manners. Manners. All right, there you guys go. We have fun with this one. All right. Well, yeah. it's a good topic well, after all. You know, all. it's amazing that there's so many, but these are just, you know, a lot of micro points that when you add it up, you're being a better human, you're setting a better example. You are creating competitive advantages for yourself. You're attracting people to you and expanding your center of influence. So that all of these things put together, I think, really can advance how you're doing and how you're feeling about things. That's right. So listen, guys, we're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today. In the meantime, thank you, as always, for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. We're downloaded in over 61 different countries. We have something around 20 million downloads, so it's pretty incredible. So again, thank you for all your support. Thank you for continuing to support Harris Rules. We get the uh, reports from uh, BookScan uh, telling us how many books you guys bought in the last 30 days. It's pretty amazing. The actual sales are picking up, which is incredible considering it basically came out uh, two years ago. In the interim, if you guys need us for anything, any suggestions on shows, topic ideas, text me directly at 512-758-0206. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>